Chapter nine, mindset is money. Money causes a lot of controversy and a lot of drama. And a lot of us even have a negative relationship with it. So what I did is I kind of rethought what money is because I grew up poor. And when you grow up poor, you see people with money and you tend to assume that you have to cheat people to make money. How else do you make money? I had no idea how to make it. No conception of it. So I had a very negative relationship with it. And I realized that money really is just oxygen. It's what the venture capitalists say. And without oxygen, you're going to die. It really is that simple. If you don't have any money, you're going to die. You're not going to be able to eat. You're not going to be able to live. Forget about enjoying your life. So if you think about it as sort of an amoral force, money is not good or evil. It's just like oxygen. Evil people breathe. Good people breathe. So you can choose what you do with your money and how you make your money, and it is a choice. So I had to change that. And how did I change it? One of it started with a very broad global mindset shift of abundance mindset. We all have, again, remember, abundance versus scarcity mindset. I used to think, God, how does, make, you know, any, how does anybody make any money? That's what I would think. Well, fundamentally, that's a scarcity mindset. You look around and you can't see any opportunity. So I essentially reprogrammed myself to think, well, there's money everywhere. And once I started thinking there's money everywhere, I made more money. So how did I do that specifically? Well, right now, I'm watching, uh, I'm making a video course. I'm making a video course because I watched a video course and I bought the video course and I thought, wait a minute, you just shelled out all this money for a video course. Why don't you have one? So that's the fundamental number one mindset shift everybody can make. Stop being a consumer, be a producer. Now, of course, you're always going to buy things. Like I said, I buy video courses. Now I'm selling them also. I buy books. That's why I decided to write a book and to sell it. I thought, well, I buy books. That's a consumer. Why don't I produce books? Why don't I release them? Why don't I write them myself? And that's how I started to think about in everything in life. So make that shift. When you buy something as a consumer, and I like to buy things, I now analyze, well, why did I buy it? What compelled me to buy it? Why did I go to the store? What was it about the way the store looked? What was it about the product? When I bought a video course, I thought, well, why did I buy it? And then I thought, this course is great. And then I thought, well, why is it great? What is it about this course that is great? And then that's what essentially I copied the model of that for this video course. The same thing, I'm working on some film projects. I'm watching films now and I'm thinking, why is this film great? So rather than just passively enjoying a film, I'm now thinking, well, how would I produce it? How would I recreate that? How would I structure it? What is it that compels it? Now, when you do that, when you stop thinking just as a consum consumer and you start thinking as a producer, that's when you really develop that sort of entrepreneurial sense. Now, I hate the word entrepreneur because everybody wants to say, I'm a founder, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a this, I'm a that. People say, now I'm the CEO of a blog. It's kind of a hokey term, but there is value in thinking of yourself as, well, how can I create value for people? How can I produce things that other people want? Now, when you do that, you actually become, in a lot of ways, a better person. Why did I buy the video course that I just bought that inspired me to create this? Well, I liked the guy. I thought he was a good person. He gives away a lot of information for free. His course was a high-quality product. That's it, right? So then I think, well, how can I get people to like me? How can I create a really valuable product? How can I add value to your lives? 
So when I'm doing this video series the whole time to get a little bit meta, I'm thinking I want these guys to be blown away. I don't want anybody to buy this and think, man, you know, Mike really let me down. I feel like he misled me. I didn't like it. I want people to think, wow, I'm really hyped. I'm really glad that I bought this. This is way better than, than going out and buying drinks and wasting my money. That's because I'm thinking as a producer. So I want you to start thinking like that as you're a producer. Think about the last five things you purchased, whether it's clothing, entertainment, this video course, books, and then say, well, how could I produce something like that? Now, to start producing something like that, you're going to have to change your mindset even more. Here's why. You have to believe in yourself. Sounds hokey. Sounds corny. But let me tell you a little bit about me. Nobody said, you know what, this guy's smart, has something to say. I'm just going to fucking grab him and help promote him. Nobody ever said that to me. I wish they had. I wish I'd have been discovered, right? Isn't that what we're all waiting for? One of these days, I'm going to have that lucky day. Somebody's going to discover me. Man, there ain't nobody ever going to discover you. You have to choose yourself as the author of um, James Altucher, the author of a book I really like. So you have to choose yourself. So I thought, well, I do podcasts. I listen to them. Why don't I do one? I read websites. Why don't I write one? But when you do that, the haters, man, they're going to come after you. The trolls are coming after you. If you want to start a business, a brick and mortar business, people are going to tell you why it's going to fail. Very rarely is anybody going to say, well, that's a great idea. Let's think about how we can make it into reality. You have to believe in yourself and you have to choose yourself. And that's a mindset thing. That's why we've talked about emotions this whole time because emotions are tied into money. If you don't know how to deal with self-doubt, you will never make money. Because to make money, you have to be first or you have to be the best. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I'm not the first guy to write a book on mindset. I'm not the first guy to have a website on mindset, but it's the best, 100% the best. I have no question about that. People who have seen it have no question about that. So if you're not the first or you're not the best, you're gonna, not going to get very far. But to be the best, you're going to be riddled with self-doubt. Well, how are you going to deal with that self-doubt? Again, it goes back to all that mindset stuff we talked about. It's going to get to that focus that we talk about. You can choose to focus on the self-doubt, or you can choose to focus on the vision of being a producer. That's kind of what I would call the sort of abstract mindset shifts you have to make. Another one you have to make is, and this goes to a very practical spending money thing, don't ever buy status. Man, I've made that mistake. Everybody you talk to makes that mistake. That Rolex, you need that Rolex. Why do you need it? Well, it isn't just because it's a nice watch. If it were because it's a nice watch, you could buy a bunch of different types of watches or you could buy a fake Rolex. If I give you a fake Rolex, how would you feel about it? You probably wouldn't feel good. Ultimately, you want that Rolex or that really fancy car so that other people become impressed with you and they think more of you. Thus, it increases your social status. Get out of that habit right now. If you do that, you will save more money than you can ever imagine. I live off way less money than people think. I don't have a watch. When I bought a car, I bought it used. I didn't buy a new car even though I could have afforded one. There are a lot of things that I could afford that there's no way in the world I'm going to buy because the only reason I'm buying it is to impress other people. Social status. If you never buy status, if that's the only money thing that you ever learned from me, you would have way more money than the average person because that's what everyone does. A lot of you, no offense, are listening to this on Beats by Dre. Now, if you conduct an objective evaluation of headphones, 
you will learn that Beats by Dre are mediocre to inferior. Seinhauser is better. V-Mode is better. There are so many different headphones that are better, but Beats by Dre have what? They got that logo. They look cool. It raises your status. Now, again, I'm not judging you, and sometimes there is a reason that you want to impress people with your status. Maybe you want people to think you're cool because girls like cool guys, and they see the Beats by Dre, and they're going to like you. So that's fine. But you have to know when you're buying into status unconsciously versus when you're buying into it very consciously. Lawyers, for example, you might need to buy a Rolex because when clients meet you, if they don't see the Rolex, they're going to assume you're not successful. A lot of people, for example, might see me, and because I dress very plainly, they might think, oh, that guy doesn't have very much money. That's fine. I don't really care if people think I have money. I want people to think I don't really have very much. But again, it's conscious versus unconscious. I won't just buy that watch or that flashy car or the Beats by Dre headphones unconsciously to raise my status. I'll do it because I want to get something out of it. So not buying a status is important. Another thing is how much do you really need? People always say, well, I need more money. And what you're doing is you're not separating needs from wants. Some of us need more money. There are people with health problems and they need to buy medication. You need to pay your rent. But a lot of times we just think we need more money because we what? We want to buy that Rolex for status. So just, again, be real, be conscious. Remember, be mindful. I'm not here to tell you don't buy a Rolex, don't buy Armani, don't wear name brand clothes. Absolutely not. If that really makes you feel good about yourself and you're getting something out of it, go for it. But it has to be conscious and it has to be mindful. And for most of us, our money spending is very unconscious. We're buying status without realizing it. Now, there was a study that showed, well, how much money do you need to be happy? Now, people argue about the number, and the guy concluded that you only need $75,000 a year to be happy. That's going to depend, are you in New York, or in L.A., or San Francisco? But let's deconstruct the principle. You need enough money that you don't have background anxiety about money. What are your baseline needs that have to be met? That's what you need to start thinking of. How much money do you need to not worry about more money? Because most of the time, again, I got to have more money, I got to have more money. And then that actually causes more anxiety, which is interesting. You might have enough money now to be happy, but you're not happy because you think you need more money. Really ask yourself, how much money do you need to meet your baseline needs? Not what you want. You're not buying status. Once you have that, be mindful, reflect. That's when you should really be have a comfortable relationship with money and think, wow, I have so much more than I realized because I don't have to worry about money. Think about that. Think about all of your needs being met. You're able to eat. You have shelter. We take that for granted, but I've been to Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam. That is actually a lot of money. Most of us, in fact, probably everybody watching this is richer than 99% of the world. Now, of course, we want to make more money, and I'm going to give you a few tips out there. But before we talk about making more money, I always, again, want to change your relationship with money. Do you really need more? How much do you really need? Do you think you're going to be happier by making more money? Or are you going to make sacrifices? What if you have enough money to meet your background needs, but you've convinced yourself you need more money, so you work more hours, and you're not spending any time with your children? I know a lot of men, very, very rich men, their wives left them, cheated on them, they don't have a relationship with their children, and they make millions of dollars a year, millions every year. But they convince themselves that they never had enough. Because why? Because they never stopped and said, how much do I really need to not have to worry about money? 
reframe how you think about money. In terms of making more money, there are a lot of tips out there. I think the biggest one ever is from a man named Charles Munger, and he is Warren Buffett's partner. Charles Munger started all over at 33. He was, I'm not going to say bankrupt, but he had no money. His wife had died. It was a very, very nasty scene. And here's what he said. He said, I realized I'm a lawyer. All day I spend time worrying about my clients' needs, worrying about their businesses. So I decided, you know what? I think I'm worth an hour of my own time every day to focus on me and my businesses. So we call that sort of the Charles Munger one-hour-a-day rule. Every day for one hour, you need to think about a side business. I don't think, and I hate the idea of this four-hour workweek mindset that you're going to quit your job and go travel the world right away. I think you should work a normal job because you learn a lot of skills. You learn how to deal with idiots. You learn how to deal with frustration. You should spend an hour a day on your side hustle on a side project every day because you're worth it. Again, that goes back to believing yourself. Do you believe you're worth an hour of your time? Because most of us don't. You might say, yeah, I believe I'm worth an hour of my time. But you wake up, maybe go to a job you don't like. You come home, watch TV, maybe drink beer, maybe go to the gym, maybe do something. But do you spend an hour a day in your side business? That's how I started all this website crap. I didn't even spend an hour. I was a lawyer, and I spent a half an hour every day. I said, no matter what, I'm going to write for half an hour a day. And then as that went along, then it was an hour a day. Then it was two hours a day. And then before you knew it, I was living entirely off of my website. But that took me around three years as a little side project. So that's what you have to start doing. One hour a day, work on yourself, work on your side business. In terms of choosing a business, there are so many, and I'm not going to tell you what to pick. You know, how, how do you even go about doing that? But what I do, I can tell you what I do a little bit, and it's a, a mindset stuff. A lot of what I do is uh, affiliate marketing, you call it. So if you find a product you like, you write a review of the product. People like the review, they go buy the product. That isn't very glamorous. I write books. Again, maybe that seems more glamorous than it is, but writing is a lot of work. Producing this video series is a lot of work. A lot of what I do that seems cool it is cool, but it's also a lot of work. So I'm not here to tell you what to choose for yourself. But if you think of yourself as a producer rather than a consumer, when you buy things, why don't you just ask yourself, why can't I just produce this? Why can't I create what I buy? And then as you do that over and over again, you will find something because you're spending an hour a day on your side project. Now, what if you don't have a side project? That's fine. For one hour, write down 100 different businesses that you could do every day. And then as you do that, you're going to narrow in on one. You're going to focus on one. That's the way to make more money is to create a side business, run it on the side. That's how to make more money. That's how to change your relationship with money. And then now we're going to talk a little bit about investing your money and how to keep it because money really is two parts. It's what you make, it's what you keep. Some people even say it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And then if you live in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, I know people who make way more money than I do who are struggling. They're living paycheck to paycheck, one job loss, and they're done. So let's talk a little bit more about how to keep that money that you make. Remember, it's not just what you make. It's also what you keep. How do you keep more of that money you have? Well, the number one thing that's going to apply to more of you than anyone else, and we're going to talk about other things, credit cards. Man, I fell into some credit card debt myself when I was in college because I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand compounding interest. I didn't understand how credit card companies will lose your payments and then charge you all kinds of penalties, and then you have to call them for an hour. 
100%. Do not ever put anything on a credit card unless you can afford to pay cash. I would even say just don't even have a credit card set for emergencies. A lot of people are going to tell you we should have a credit card and you should keep a balance because then you're going to build your credit history. But why do you want to build your credit history so you can have more credit cards? Right? Think about it. Think about whether you even want a credit card because you can get into a lot of trouble real fast. So rule number one is absolutely, positively, 100%, do not get into credit card debt. Simply don't put anything on your credit card unless you can pay for it in cash. Now, if you do have a credit card, here's what's kind of nice. If, if the things really hit the fan and you're absolutely going to be destitute, and I don't mean you're in a tight spot. I mean you might die. You won't be getting medical care. Well, if you do have a credit card, that might be the one exception to the rule. If you're going to die, then yeah, put it on your credit card. Otherwise, no way, no how. Another thing to start thinking about, taxes and investing your money. You need to start investing your money today. I did that in college. That's one thing I read and I applied and it does work. At the time, I only had $50 a month after you know paying for college and rent and everything else. That's fine. If all you have is $50 a month, what I want you to do is open a brokerage account at Charles Schwab or Vanguard or Fidelity, buy low interest, dollar cost average, into low interest, no fee, and uh, mutual funds. Now what happens is that a lot of people want to do day trading and everything else like that. There's no way that I'm going to convince you not to do it. All I'm going to tell you is it doesn't work. Look at the, look at the stats. Look at what people who day trade actually do. What's going to happen on the internet is people say, oh, I made all this money day trading on this stock and they'll tell you about one stock. Okay. How long have you been trading for? How many years have you been trading for? How many trades have you made that you didn't make money on? How much did you pay in taxes? How much did you pay in transaction costs? And then how much could you have made if you just put your money into a mutual fund? What you're going to find 99.99% of the time is if you would just put your money into a mutual fund, you would have more money than the guy who's day trading. So that's why we say dollar cost average into an index fund. An index fund just tracks the overall performance of the market. And dollar cost average means you buy at regular intervals. So sometimes you're going to buy high, sometimes you're going to buy low. Buy into the market every one to three months. That's called dollar cost average. And again, this sounds way more complicated than it is. Dollar cost average in the market every one to three months. Buy an index fund like VTI. All it is going to do is going to track the overall market. Sometimes the market's going to be up, then you're going to buy it, it's going to be more expensive. Other times the market's going to be down, you're going to buy it cheaper, but it's going to average out into long-term gains. Do that right away. Final point on taxes. You know, I'm a lawyer, I could give you a long, long talk about taxes, but the main thing I want you to think about is this. And I learned this from one of those money books years ago. It might have been Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But he said, most people, you have income come in, you pay taxes on that income, and then you buy whatever you want to buy. But when you own your own business, you have income come in, you buy whatever you want to buy, then you pay taxes. That's such a fundamental shift in the way you run things. For example, all of my income comes in through um, freelance working and through the internet. So when I get money, I can buy a new laptop, I can buy a cell phone, I can do fun things like um, fund a documentary because that can be a tax deduction. And then after I write that off, then I pay my taxes. You're going to save a lot of money that way by having a side business. 
So the way you take advantage of those tax things is again, you gotta have your side business. You gotta be spending an hour a day on your side business. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to create a big corporation, but you do need to have a side business. And then you start writing stuff off. And then as you do that, you're gonna have more money left over at the end to invest in the market. So money, to sum it up, the big thing is change your relationship to money. You can be a good person and make a lot of money. You might not be able to make billions of dollars, but you can definitely make millions of dollars being a good person because money is just like oxygen. You need it to breathe. Good people breathe. Bad people breathe. Choose to be a good person.